Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Come on. Somebody say, all right, all right, all right. Oh, come on now, now. Look at your neighbor. Say it again. Say, all right, all right, all right. Oh, you can sit down. I feel sad for some of y'all. Some of you came rocking. Oh, it's just going to be Sunday church. Oh, no. Y'all have to understand. I, I'd like to apologize if you've never. Let, let me just go. Let me just. Let me. My name Reggie. I was born and raised in the Smoky Mountains, Knoxville, Tennessee. Go Vols. Went to UT, the University of Tennessee. Played football at the University of Tennessee. Then I moved even further south. So now I live in Fort Myers, Florida. So here's the deal. In case you don't, somebody like, so what's the big deal? You have invited a southern black preacher <laughs> up in your northern Virginia church. Y'all still don't get it. If you've ever watched a Medea movie, it's about to happen up in here, all right? Let's just say, y'all, yeah, you could take a brother out of the hood, but if you don't know the rest of that, you don't have no agenda for mine. All right. So there's rules. There's rules when there's a southern black preacher. Rule number one, you're going to have to talk to your neighbor. So look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to have to talk to you. Everybody look at the guy with the cowboy hoodie and say, go Cowboys. Come on, man. You're a good man. You're a good man. You're going to go to heaven, bro. Oh, man, yo, I tell you, the second service is weird things, weird things, all right? Now, number two, you got to talk to the preacher. Somebody say, come on, Reggie. Oh, that's good. Somebody say, preacher, Reggie. Preach, oh, that's even, go ahead. Man, that'll work. That'll, okay, y'all got, y'all had some sleep up in here now. Last but not least, have a good time. Just have a good time. I'll be honest, I am highly entertaining. My wife said that, and I'm like, but I just let it go, all right? So now here's the deal. Today, first of all, I sweat when I preach. I sweat all the time. And if you ever see a black preacher and he don't sweat, he ain't black. (laughs) I'm I'm just saying, all right? No other way to put it, all right? So so I don't know. Some of you are like, oh, man, he's a racial preacher. Get over it. I love Jesus. I'm telling you right now. He's going to take care of racism. He's going to take care of all this stuff. He's going to take care of it. Some of you are like, well, he hasn't so far. See, God uses people. And so he's just been waiting for his people to get in the right spot to do what's right. I think we there. Y'all good? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Okay, now watch this. Now watch this. Every good black preacher, we title our sermons. And I have a title for you. But you have to say it to your neighbor, all right? So look at somebody left or right. Look them in the eye and just say, everything's going to be all right. Look at the person on the other side. You say it again. Say, everything's going to be all right. All right, good. I explained it in the first service. And I'm going to explain it to you like this. Do you know what I am? I'm not your guest speaker. I'm nothing. I am the biggest, blackest Hallmark greeting card you, you've ever seen from heaven. 
And if you read the card, it starts by saying, everything's going to be all right. I wish it could have been somebody else, but they must be busy. (laughs) But God sent me, all right? So here we go. Get your Bible and go to John chapter 16, verse 33. John 16, 33. I always always say that. I say, the Bible says, because you know what I like about the Bible? The Bible is not negotiable. I don't know why we'd be negotiating with what God put in the word. Like, we think he made a mistake. I ain't going to go there because some of y'all political. You're too close to D.C. Let's go. All right, here we go. I put all that real fast. All right. Okay, good. So here we go. Here's what it says. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Y'all get that? He says, in me, you may have peace. In me, you may have peace. Where's your peace? Where do you find your hope? Where do you find your peace? If you put your peace in your job, COVID comes and takes your job away. I mean, I'm just saying, anything other than Jesus you put your hope in or your peace in, it could be taken away. But he the same yesterday, today, and forever. The brother ain't never going to change. Okay, I started too fast. Let me slow down. Okay. I told you these things so that you may have peace and in me you may find peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. If you got Jesus, you win. It may not look like it, it may not smell like it, it may not even taste like it, but you win. It's like eating chitlins. Don't do it. (laughs) Ain't nothing good about that right there, all right? And those of you laughing know exactly what I'm talking about. Little kids are like, Chili's, I love chili. Shut up. <laughs> they just know, okay. <laughs> I just messed with that boy again. <laughs> Let him know I did that, would you? Okay, appreciate that, all right. Hi. <laughs> Some of you are like, where's my pastor? <laughs> now, here's what I have to do. If I'm going to preach that, if I'm going to read those words, you got to go on a, we got to go on a trip. You got to go on a road trip with me. All right. And so I got a BMW. That means black man wheels. And we're going to get in and we're going to go on a road trip. All right. So everybody get on in the car with me. Now that listen, there's three people in the car already. And all I got to do is explain who they are. So you know why they're going with us. All right. So now listen, I'm going to start by telling you this. Everything I'm about to say is true. It's true. It's true. Somebody hit your neighbor and say, he ain't lying. Hit your other neighbor and say, he telling true. Okay, now look, let's start with the first girl, little girl. She's in the eighth grade, eighth grader. Her name Tara, all right? That's a cool little name. She in student government. She plays on the volleyball team. But you know what she loves? December 1st, no, December 26th to January 1st. That's her favorite time of the year. Because on December 26th, her, her mom and dad get on a plane and fly to Denver, Colorado from Dallas, Texas. They get in a rental car and they ride up into the Rocky Mountains. And for seven days, they go snow skiing. Word. One time, they got on the plane early. When they got to the ski hill, it was 11 o'clock in the morning. So that little girl grabbed her skis. Dad grabbed his skis. Mom grabbed her book. (laughs) Mama looked like a skier. Mama dressed like a skier. But mama ain't skiing, all right? If you that kind of mama, clap your hands and say, you got that right. So she heard just daddy and his little girl. They went all the way up the lift, came down the hill, got on again, came down. I don't know if you know about this. In the wintertime in Colorado, it gets dark fast. The sun just disappears, all right? So the dad said, we can only go halfway. As they're coming down the hill, he's in front of his daughter. All he heard was, ha! And he'd stop because he knew his girl's voice. He looked back and his little girl's laying by a tree. 
She had a helmet on, but her skis got crossed, and she bumped her head, and she was unconscious. They called for an ambulance. They came with a sled. They put her on the sled, took her down, put her in an ambulance, went to the hospital. If we fast forward three hours, a doctor comes out of the doors that say, do not enter, walks over to Tabor's mom and dad and says, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. In one hour, they will turn off the machine that's keeping your baby alive. I'm sorry for your loss. Now, I know, I know, I know, I can see the look. It's like you had the same first service. They had to look. They were like, hey, okay, that's not a good Hallmark greeting card, <laughs> but you got to stay with me, all right? Everybody stay with me. If you don't understand that family, Taylor's family, you don't understand that, maybe you'll understand Heather. Everybody say Heather. Heather had five brothers and two sisters. Heather's mom ran the house. Everything was great. Heather's dad was a hero. He was a surgeon in the greater Atlanta area. He worked for seven different hospitals. And for seven months in a row, he worked so hard. He would be gone before they get up to go to school. And he would come home after the kids and went to bed. But the kids knew after seven months of daddy working hard, they would go on the greatest vacations any family has ever gone on in the history of mankind. And he had no phone. He spent his time with his kids. And they loved him because they knew what their daddy did. Now, this is the cool part. Hit your neighbor and say, you got to wake up. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Somebody hit that kid in the balcony and say, wake up, boy. <laughs> nice shot. All right, good job, bro. He punched him in the head. That was great. That's my kind of family up there, right? <laughs> it was great. And the kid didn't even react. He went, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> you never thought you'd be a part of my sermon way up there. You are, okay. <laughs> Stay black. All right, here we go. I had to make sure I could get the lights. Oh, cool. Okay, no. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> if you only knew what we just did, you would laugh. Okay, so watch this, watch this, watch this. Heather's dad, after on vacation, he would take another four to five weeks and he would pack his bags and fly to the continent of Africa where they would have prearranged surgeries. He would do surgeries on people who would die unless he did the surgery. But he went to Africa and did these surgeries on people with this different kind of, they had a disease called HIV AIDS, which made the doctors in Africa not do the surgery that could save their life. They wouldn't do it because it's transferred through body fluid. So if he's doing the surgery, cuts his hand, and his blood mixes with the patients with HIV AIDS, he can get the disease. But he did it. This is cool. When he'd get to Africa, he would meet with the family. And he would say, it's good to be here. Thank you for letting me save your family member's life. And they could tell by his accent, he's not African. He's not from Africa. He said, when I'm done, I will explain to you and as many relatives as you can bring to the hospital why I came from America to do the surgery. And when he would get done with the surgery, walk in the boardroom, the place would be packed. I mean, like the, generation after generation. Why would this guy come from America to save our family member's life? And he would say, I believe in Jesus. He touched me and gave me the ability with my hands to save your dad's life. And he, I'm not the first person to save your dad's life. You see, over 2,000 years ago, there was a man named Jesus. And he would say the gospel. He would present it with scripture and he would lead families to Christ. He would take pictures. And when he came home from that month or five weeks overseas, he would be with his family on a long weekend. And he would go from family to family and show them the people who gave their life to Christ. And they, his kids loved him. They loved Jesus. 
but it touched Heather in a different way. You see, Heather wanted to be just like her daddy. She wanted to be able to go overseas and to do something that could change lives for the power of Jesus Christ. Even though he wasn't a minister or a pastor, he was still, he was still a preacher of the gospel. Once you ask Jesus into your life, you become a preacher of the gospel. You don't have to have a paper from a denomination to do that. In my church at home, we got some crazies up in there, y'all. We have one guy. He's been a, a sanitary engineer. He's a, guy, he's a trash man. He's done it for 39 years. But he's crazy. About this time of year, he'll go and empty all the trash cans. But then he'll get out of his truck every stop. And he'd put something in the bottom of the trash can. Folded in half, it looks like a $20 bill. They ain't nobody. I don't care what job you got. When you go to the curb and get your trash can and the lid's open, you always look in before you close the lid. And if you see a $20 bill, I don't care what job you got. You know your right or left hand is going in that nasty trash can to get that 20 And when you touch it, you realize it ain't real. Then when you open it up, the first thing you see is, gotcha. And then it says, I'm your trash man. If you want to know who gave you this fake $20 bill, come to First Assembly of God this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. and ask for the trash man. (laughs) Do you know how many people be walking in the doors of our church holding up a fake 20 and we just point? There's a lady in our church, and I'm telling you, her name's Sister Rice. Yuck. You ain't never had pie until you have this lady's pie. Now, somebody online is already like, oh, let's go eat. Don't turn off that TV. Keep your, you can eat after I'm done, all right? And to the one dude sitting on his couch in his boxers, put some pants on, please. You know what's great? Odds are there's a dude on his couch, right? And he's like, I know. There's one lady like, whoa, this isn't right. It's almost over. Okay. 16 minutes. Watch this. She could bake like nobody I know. And she decided this: if God gave me the ability, I'm going to use it for him. Well, how do you do that when you bake? Well, she baked pies for everyone on her street. She started to the first house on the right, went down the street, jumped the street, came all the way up. Then she went to the next block. She went three blocks that way, three blocks that way. Then she started over again. The cool thing is, it's not just the pie. It's the pan that she delivered the pie in. It had the church address on the bottom of it. And it says, if you love this pie, I got another one for you. If you come to First Assembly of God on Sunday morning, 9 or 11, and give me my pan, my tra- give me my pan, I'll give you another pie. Do you know how many people come walking in church with a pie pan going, where that lady? <laughs> and we just point, all right? Why, why, why? Because Heather realized because of her dad, it's who you are, not what you do. Now watch this. She went to school, got all A's. She went to college. She went to grad school, went to medical school to the point to where she got to pack her bags, go to Africa, and lead people to Jesus. Somebody clap your hands because that's good. Touch your neighbor and say, everything's going to be all right. 
she's in Africa. She's doing her thing. She led an entire two generations to Jesus one day in the boardroom after her surgery was over. She was so excited, but she knew her dad was still in surgery. So she waited outside the surgery in the lobby where the doctors can wait to wait for him to come out. But it was still an hour before he's supposed to be done. And he came out and she's like, well, now she walked over. He didn't even see her. He put his hand under water and started peeling the glove off. And when she got behind his shoulder, she could see he cut himself. His blood mixed with the blood of someone with HIV AIDS. There's medicine that you could take to fight that in your system. She gave it to him and immediately realized he's allergic. Now they cannot help him in Africa anymore, in Johannesburg where they were. The only thing that could save his life was in Atlanta, Georgia. She found a flight. She found a flight. They got on. He was in 21A. She was in 21B. When he, she kept doing his vitals so no one could see while they were boarding the plane. Finally, he fell asleep. And after they took off and the fastened seatbelt sign was taken off, she went to the little bathroom, locked the door, and began to beg God to save her daddy. If you don't understand Tara and you don't understand Heather, and I know some of you are like, this is the most depressing sermon I've ever heard. Well, there's one more. You're like, I'll never buy your Hallmark greeting card in my life, okay? <laughs> there was a boy, six years old, went to first grade. One day he walked in the classroom and saw every student's name on the chalkboard. But what scared him, his name was first. So when the bell rang, he said to the teacher, why is my name up there? She goes, tomorrow is parent-teacher conference. I hate parent-teacher conference. If anyone runs for president and they said, I'm going to abolish parent-teacher conference, whether it's a him or her, I'm voting for him. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for clapping. Everybody who's laughing and clapping made bad grades. All right. <laughs> the crazy thing is a crazy thing, crazy thing. This little boy, he's like, what? And the next day, he never heard of it. And at lunchtime, teacher said, okay, everybody go outside, play on the playground. When you see your parents, come to the door and line up. Reggie, you stay. You know, it's me. I'm Reggie. And then my mom and dad came in. They sit down. Teacher talked for five minutes. When it was over, we walked outside. We get in the car. On the way to the car, I noticed something. All my friends were with their parents. Right, bro? All my friends' parents are young, but my parents are old. And I'm thinking, why they old? Now, listen, if you're a kid, you got to ask at the right time. Don't ever ask at the wrong time, okay? So I waited till we got in the car. I'm in the back seat. They're in the front seat. Right time. So I yelled to the front seat, hey, why y'all old? <laughs> Don't ever do that, all right? Little girl, if you think your parents are old, keep it to yourself, all right? When we got home, my dad said, we got to talk. So they put me at the kitchen table to have a talk. Anybody ever been to the kitchen table to have a talk? If you haven't, don't go, all right? Look at me, little boy. If you don't smell food, run, boy. Run, okay? My dad started. He said, son, there's a plan for your life. I said, yes, sir. My mom looked at me and said one word. She said, baby, I love that. I don't know if y'all got a mama like this. Whenever my mama said, baby, my darkest night had a light. My cloudiest day had sunshine. No matter what I was going through, I could make it because mama said, baby. I know. You're like big old black man, love his mama. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my mom said, baby, I'm sorry. My mama started crying. My mom cried so hard that my dad moved chairs and held my mom for 10 minutes. After 10 minutes, my dad said, tell him now. Just tell him. And my mom looked up and what she said ruined everything. She said, baby, I'm sorry. I'm old because I'm not your mom. And my dad whispered, I'm not your father. I grew up in the foster care system my entire life. Then she said, you have a brother named Keith. You'll never know him. You have two sisters, Annette and Jeanette. You'll never know him. Your mom kept your brother. Your mom kept your sisters. But your mama said that you were a mistake and she wished you'd never been born. She goes, but we love you. I said, thank you, mom. I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. I lied. From six years old to 13, every night. 
That voice in my head said, you you don't even have a mom. Your own mom didn't want you. You don't deserve to live. And at 13, I decided at three in the morning to take my own life. Hey, don't look so sad. I didn't. (laughs) And if I did, I'm living a dream. Let me dream, okay? (laughs) I just thought, I don't know why I said it. I'm just saying, all right. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, my bedroom door opened. If your bedroom door opens at three o'clock in the morning, I told the man this weekend, run, because you in a scary movie. And if you're black, you're dead in a scary movie, all right? Do y'all understand? All black people die first in a scary movie. I don't know why that happened, unless you LL Cool J. <laughs> I did that for you, all right? Dude, this, he's my boy, dude. We connected, man. I'm just saying. He's white chocolate anyway, so we're good. See, everybody agrees. I'm just saying. It's crazy. It was my foster care dad, school janitor. You know what he said? He said, I heard you crying. I said, you can't. Your room's on the other end of the house. He said, every day you hug your mom, but for the past two days, you haven't. I knew something was wrong. Every day you talk to me, but you haven't said a word. I knew something was wrong. So I decided I wanted to be close to you. So for the past two nights, I slept by your door. He said, what's wrong? I said, I don't know what to do. He said, I'll never call you Reggie. I'll always call you son. And I'll love you to the day I die. And he did. Don't you know Jesus is by your door? It's the door of your life. He knows what you're going through. I love the woman at the well. It's in the book of John. (laughs) Jesus was like sitting by a well at noon. And it's a desert town. Who goes and gets water at noon? It's too hot, unless you don't want to run into anybody. So a woman was coming to get water at noon. Obviously, she didn't want to run into anybody. She ran into Jesus. (laughs) Bad move. (laughs) The thing is, she was what they call a Samaritan. He what they call a Jew. And the Bible says in parentheses, it says Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And when she got up there, she saw him. She knew. And she's thinking to herself, oh, he's going to either ignore me or make fun of me or be snotty. One of those three. And when she got close, he went, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Is there any way you can give me a drink of water, please? She thought Jews would rather starve her to death. Didn't do that. And so they started talking. And in her mind, she's thinking to herself, if he knew who I really was, he would, not, he would not be talking to me. He must be a rabbi. He must be a priest or something. He's got to be kind because that's his, what he does. And all of a sudden, he said, hey, I have water. If you drink it, you'll never thirst again. Why don't you go get your husband and bring him back, and I'll tell you about this water. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. He goes, no, nah, you've had five. And the man you're living with now, he ain't your husband. So he knew everything about her and still talked to her. He knows everything about you, and he's still sitting by your door. He saw what you did last night, last month, this morning, last week. He knows everything. He knows the but in your life. Hey, he's a great guy, but he lies all the time. Oh, she's beautiful, but, man, her mouth is nasty. (laughs) Oh, I'm this, but. Everybody has that. Hey, don't let your butts in your life run you from God. That doesn't sound right, does it? (laughs) Let the butts in your life run you to Christ. If it wasn't for our messed up things, we wouldn't know to trust him. That's so deep. And it's, I got to do a sermon on that. I said it in early service too, but I didn't write it down. I got it. I did it twice. (laughs) I'm just going to call it, but Jesus. (laughs) I was an alcoholic, but Jesus. 
I almost lost my family, but Jesus. Bro, I was angry, but Jesus. I lost everything, but Jesus. I almost took my life, but Jesus. That's just good preaching, y'all. I'm just saying, all right? Okay, you ready? Let's do this. The great thing, the great thing about this sermon, I only gave you half of the stories of Tara and Heather. And I gave you, you got my whole story because you see me standing here now. And I'll start with me. The good part is this. I never took my life, all right? Instead, I let that school janitor love me. Then I found out that my real mom gave me away to her favorite teacher in high school. I was raised by my, my real mom's high school English teacher. Now today, here's what I am. I am, according to CNN News, the number one communicator to young people in public schools in the world. I speak to 1.5 million students every year face to face. I'm that guy. When there's a school suicide, you'll hear comments on CNN, Fox News, all the major networks, and they'll say, Reggie says, because they come to me for those. Every school shooting, I've been in their schools to do assembly programs after it's over. I'm that guy. And I'm just going to tell you, there's rarely any place that I go and do a Sunday service where in the near future, I'm not in their schools. I'm coming back. I'm going to do your schools. And we're going to give hope to your city. I'm just saying. So listen very carefully. Let me finish this, all right? Tara, how can that be? How can that be? Do you know where she was? You remember where she was? They're going to unplug the machine that's keeping her alive. How could that end up good? How could that? Check this out. 15 minutes into the one hour before they unplugged the machine and she passes away, the doctor came back to the room. The mom saw him coming. She ran outside and said, no, you said one hour. You promised one hour. And he said, ma'am, listen, when something like this happens, I do everything to find a silver lining. So I went on the national data place and by law I have to tell you this there's a girl in Phoenix Arizona she will be dead in five days if she doesn't get a new heart and your daughter is a perfect match I came to ask you the hardest question ever can I have your baby's heart so a girl can live I can give you 10 minutes to think about it and he walked out some of you are like this story just got worse oh did it watch this 10 minutes later he comes back she's outside she looks at him and says promise me one year from today one year from today that you take me to see this girl I don't know how you're going to work it out but you promise me promise me let's fast forward a year a mom and a dad without their little girl get on a plane instead of going skiing they go to Phoenix Arizona when they get to baggage claim there's a guy there he looks really familiar he's the doctor from Denver he looked at him and said hey I've already been to the house I know where the family lives they're waiting for you let's go now they got in the car when they pulled up in front of the house the mom and dad whose daughter got the new heart is outside waiting in the front yard y'all got to get this all right I know in revelation it says Jesus says I stand at the door and knock if anyone opens the door I'll come in but sometimes when you realize who he is you can't let the man who saved your life knock on your heart's door you got to meet him in the front yard of your life you got to meet him on the sidewalk of your life somebody look at your neighbor and say everything's gonna be all right they walked in and then here's the surprise he had already been there he had put the girl hooked her up to a monitor and to speakers and so when the front door opened all you can hear was boom 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 that little girl's heart pounding pounding away listen to me and hear me right now when you choose Jesus when he's Lord of your life not even death can stop you even in death, you win. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I know it's hard, but you can make it. 
Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, I know it's hard, but you can make it. Dude, there's somebody in this second service who's struggling. The pain that you've seen, everyone would quit. There are some of you in this room who've already quit. I like teenagers, by the way. Five o'clock tonight, I'm doing young people. You need to get your young people here. You need to go down your street and find the nastiest child you get. Put them in the car, kidnap them, bring them here. Okay, don't do that. That wouldn't work. Just do it, do it. You got that little kid in your neighborhood that does dumb stuff all the time. You're like, hey, the devil. Well, bring him. Let's get the devil out of that kid, all right? It's a good night. If you're a young person, you better come. If you don't come, your Xbox is going to blow up. (laughs) I'm not going to drop the mic, okay? (laughs) Now, watch, 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 watch. Heather, y'all remember Heather? You know where Heather is, right? She's in a bathroom on a Delta flight from Africa to America praying for her dad. She was in that bathroom for an hour and 27 minutes. All of a sudden... Somebody knocking on the door. Who knocks on a bathroom door that says occupied? She's like, maybe they'll go away. She's just praying, God save my dad. Oh my Lord, God, God save whoever's knocking on this door. (laughs) She opens the door and there's three men standing there. One of them says, hey ma'am, are you sick? Is everything okay? You've been here an hour and 27 minutes. We just want to know that we're doctors and if we can help you, we can. And she says, oh, I'm a doctor. And she's told him the whole story. Her dad cutting himself, the medicine, his vitals are falling. He may not make it over the Atlantic. And all three guys started laughing. Now, who laughs when you say, my dad's in 21A and he dying? And they laugh? You don't do that. But she's from Atlanta. I don't know if y'all know anything from Virginia about Southern people, right? So when they started laughing, all she did, Heather reached up and started taking off her earrings. If a Southern girl takes off her earring, you better run, all right? Somebody gonna get cut. Just thought I'd give you a little Southern culture right there. All of a sudden, one of them goes, no, 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 this is good. Hit your neighbor and say, wake up right now. Hit your other neighbor and say, you got to hear this. He goes, the guy goes, no, ma'am, you don't understand. We're not just doctors. And there's not just three of us. We're the leading AIDS specialist from Africa going to Atlanta for a conference that starts tomorrow. The medicine your dad needs is in my bag. Y'all, okay, uh, pardon me for being real ghetto. But there's only one way to do this, so... Black Reggie going to come out. I've been calm all morning, but you got to get this. They could have been on any plane at any time at any moment, but they were not. They could have been on a plane with a bunch of clowns going to a clown convention in Atlanta, but they were not. They could have been on a plane with a bunch of plumbers going to a plumber convention who need to pull up their pants and say no to crack, but they were not, all right? They were on the right plane at the right time at the right moment. You're in the right church. You're listening to the right sermon at the right moment. There's no weapon formed against you that will prosper. Greater is he that is in you than he. He's here today for you. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. You just got to give it to him. You just got to let go and let God. It's the hardest thing to do. It rhymes. It sounds cool. But anything that sounds cool is hard. But let him. I'm not preaching from a sermon that I found in a book. I'm preaching because I'm the third person. Tara, Heather, and me. Is it easy? No. Still now at 57, are there times where I see families and go, I wonder what that would have been like. I remember walking to school every day. Because, man, my mom was a teacher, my dad was a school janitor, and I'd see parents dropping their kids off, picking them up at the end of school. 
I remember playing ball. Mom had tutoring. Dad had a second job. He worked at Crystal's. <laughs> I like Crystal's. Y'all don't know. That's good Southern burgers, right? Shut up. <laughs> he worked at Crystal's to buy my football shoes. He worked at Crystal's so I could go to camp in the summer. He worked at Crystal's so I can be saved. How do you end a sermon like this? You play a song. I got the perfect song. The Bible says in John 14, verse 1, John 14, 1 says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Everybody look at your neighbor seriously and say, You're not alone. Look at your other neighbor and say, You're not alone. You see, when you're alone, you think everybody else is happy but you. When you're alone, the dingiest, nastiest bar smells sweet. When you're alone, the ugliest girl looks pretty. Don't be alone. I was doing so good. I just threw it out, all right? You ever see a man who had an affair, left his wife for another woman? Does he ever leave his wife for somebody prettier? No. You look at him and go, oh, my God. What were you thinking? <laughs> Sin makes you stupid. Man, I should write a book. Sin makes you stupid. Second service goes a lot better than the first for guys like me. Some of you are like, we should have got up. Oh, I know we should have got up. So here we go. What do we do? What do we do? You give it to God. Now, I got to do this right. So I need everybody to do me a favor. You got to help me out. This is our altar song right here. Everybody take both hands, put them up like this. Good job. Now bring them down like this. Now go like this. Do not dab. <laughs> Your youth pa- She did it again. I said, don't. She did it. Now wiggle and go all the way across. Good job. Now point it yourself. Now point it somebody else beside you. All right, cool. One more time. Raise them up. Bring them down. Wiggle. Point it yourself. Point it somebody else. Dude, this is a God song if I've ever played one in my life. Are y'all ready? You'll know when to do this. This is our altar song. Man, this is good. It goes like this. Oh, this is going to be good. Here we go. Clap your hands, everybody. Help me out. Here we go. Oh, all right. Come on, tell him to keep me from getting. How many? 
many of you know that we're going to make it in Jesus' name? How many of you know no weapon formed against us will prosper? Look at your neighbor right now and say, everything's going to be all right. Look at your other neighbor and say, everything's going to be all right. So come on, church, put your hands together. Clap with me. Let's finish this. Here we go. Oh, yeah. standing just for a second here's the deal on the count of three if everything's okay you can sit down on the count of three but on the count of three if you're carrying something heavy if you need God to come through for you just don't sit down it's going to be the hardest thing because no one everybody wants to make everybody think it's okay but every now and then you just got to be real when you go to a doctor and he says is there anything bothering you if you say nothing and there's something bothering what's wrong with you what is wrong with you so it's a simple one, two, three, and you get to move. And it's simple, stand or sit. But if you stay standing, you're doing Matthew. You're proclaiming God before man. You're saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. Uh, the whole service, I was like, man, I got to do this. Got to do this. Got to get there. Got to get to the altar call. Got to get to. And now that I'm here, my heart's overwhelmed. I'm just like, God, please, let's. They don't have to go. The rest of Sunday, the way they did all of Saturday. So on three, if you're okay, you can sit. If you're not, you gotta stand. I don't know why you're gonna stand, but God does. One, two, three. If you're all right, you can just sit. Hey, do me a favor, everybody. Look around the room. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Little girl, you're not alone. He knows. He knows. Jesus, I pray for those who are standing. Only you can do for them what you did for me. Make a way out of no way. Turn their darkness into day. Be his joy in the time of his sorrow. Be her hope for her tomorrow. In Jesus' name I pray. That you would absolutely answer the cry of their heart. Touched him now. For someone in this room, this is life. And when you walked in, you were looking for hope. In Jesus' name, here it is. They sang that song. You keep hope alive. I truly believe at Abundant Life this morning when we walk out the door, hope is alive. 
in Jesus' name. Everybody do me a favor. While these people sit down, clap for their courage to stay standing. Give them a hand. You can sit down. You can sit down. Hey. Hey. Hey, bro. Proud of you. Thanks for trusting, old man. Stay standing. You could probably see I'm I'm pretty simple. Your your staff is so nice. They go, "What do you need? What do you want me to do?" I said, "No, I'll do whatever y'all want. I'll go wherever you want to go. Do whatever you want to do." Some of you may have watched me doing praise and worship. I I sit down every now and then. I've never been hurt. I played for Tennessee, all this stuff, but back then I was invincible. And there was a problem with my left knee. And they go, hey, we'll give you cortisone now. Stay out one series and you'll be ready to go. I said, word, let's do it. I ain't got a left knee anymore. It's all pieces and it's floating around in my left knee. And then I, I had to humble myself. So that go to the doctor and you say everything's fine when it's not. Finally, I had to say, okay, there's something wrong with my left leg. They took an x-ray and the guy goes, that hand grenade blew up in your left knee. It's bone to bone and your bone is being shredded. He goes, but I got you. He goes, I'll go in and I'll take out all the bone fragments that are hitting the nerves in the back of your leg that makes it very difficult to stand, which is cool. You never would have known the pain that I'm in. But that's okay. I think God's trying to see if I'll still preach. And I said, can I hurt myself anymore? He goes, no, you've done all the damage you can. He said, but when I get done, your life is going to be a lot better. That's what happens when you come to Jesus. He goes, you could probably try it on your own, bro, but... It's going to be a lot better if you just let me take care of you. Are y'all listening? I said with my analogy. I didn't say that so you could feel bad because I'm going to have total left knee replacement. Everybody does that. Especially if you had the teenage years and how I had. I loved it though. I loved it more than the quarterback. That I hit. Over and over and over. But what I'm saying is, why would you not go... To the great physician that's what they call Jesus he's the great physician he goes I know your life's messed up I know you want to give up I know you want to stop but before you throw in the towel give me a chance let me fix your life let me go in and clean out all the sin that's pushing against the nerve of your life that's making it hard for you to stand Bible says in Romans 10 9 if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved so it makes me cry every time I ask people this but do you know him do you know my Jesus some of you like I used to but uh uh-uh there we go but Jesus make it true for you today so we're going to say a prayer and we're all going to do it together from the back to the front left to the right balcony to the main floor we're asking Jesus to be Lord of our life. They call Christians saints, okay? So I'm asking the saints to help me out today. Because here's the truth. Every saint has a past. And every sinner needs a future. And this prayer is where both of those collide, okay? So as we say this, we're all saying it together. But you know if you need Jesus today. You know if you need him. So bow your head, close your eyes. Online, same for you. Everybody say this prayer with me. Mean it if you need it. Say Jesus come into my life forgive me of my sin I'm asking you right now to be my Lord be my Savior I cannot change my past 
but I need you to change my future. And with these words coming out of my mouth, whether I feel it or not, in Jesus' name, I'm saved. I'm saved. Thank God Almighty, I'm saved. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Pastor, pastor and your wife, just stand face to crowd. I said it already, I'm going to say it again. In Matthew, you declare me before man, I'll declare you before my Father in heaven. I'm going to count to the number three, and here's what I need you to do. If you got right with God this morning, or you got accepted Jesus for the first time, when I get to three, I need you to just look up and start waving at pastor. And keep waving until he waves back at you. If you're online today, you can go public for Jesus. In the comment section online, just put clapping hands, raising hands, or just put the word yes in capital letters or small letters. You're letting everybody know watching online that you said that prayer and you got right with Jesus this morning. So we're going to do it on three, all right? Just waving at your pastor saying, I said it and I meant it. Something happens when you go public. Are y'all ready? One, two, three. Just wave at him. Wave until he waves back. Just keep waving. He's going on. He's going from left to right, all the way across the room. Wave until he waves back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. If you're saved and you're a saint, clap your hands for what's happening. Just trust me. Trust me. People are waving right now. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, there's hope. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.